Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we're delving into Collapse by Jared Diamond, a thought-provoking analysis of the complex factors that have led to the downfall of societies throughout history. Reflecting on the fate of civilizations such as the ancient Mayans of Central America and the Norse colony of Greenland, Diamond dissects the grave outcomes of destructive environmental practices and societal choices. His expert narrative not only recounts historical cautionary tales, but also provides a mirror for our modern world, questioning the sustainability of our own societal structures in the face of environmental challenges. Jared Diamond, an accomplished scholar with a background in medicine, is a professor of geography at the University of California, Los Angeles. His acclaimed work in popular science writing is evident in his books, The Third Chimpanzee and The World Until Yesterday, and it is solidified by his Pulitzer Prize-winning Guns, Germs and Steel. This book is essential reading for environmental enthusiasts, history buffs intrigued by the marvels of ancient societies, and anyone concerned with the trajectory of our current global civilization. Collapse beckons us to consider the legacy of our actions and to learn from the past in order to forge a more sustainable future. Join us as we explore the depths of these historic lessons and their implications for our world today. Collapse, How Societies Choose to Fail or Succeed Introduction, Uncovering the Downfall of Civilizations, a Timely Exploration Imagine standing amid the remnants of ancient advanced societies, places where the whispering ruins of temples and palaces speak of a grand past. Now imagine these remarkable civilizations simply ceasing to exist, sinking into the annals of history, much like the once-flourishing Maya settlement of Tikal, with its awe-inspiring architectural feats. But how did such capable societies crumble into oblivion? Our journey into the depths of human history unearths a pattern of prosperity turning into ruin. This captivating tale weaves together the essential elements that often write the final pages of a civilization story. Environmental mismanagement, climate upheaval, strained trade relationships, hostility from adversaries, and societal rigidity when faced with the need for change. When these elements conspire against a society, the scaffolding that once held it high begins to crumble under the tremendous pressure. As we delve into this narrative, we'll draw parallels between the bygone eras and our modern world, examining the stark lessons rooted in history that remain relevant to the 21st century. Through this exploration, you'll gain insights into the culinary choices in Greenland that could sustain a population, a counterintuitive survival strategy involving the mass extermination of pigs, and the surprising links between the existence of a U.S. state nestled in mountains, and a millennia-old civilization that once flourished under the Central American sun. Embark on this illuminating excursion into the past and grasp the reflection of our possible futures mirrored in the fates of fallen empires. Part 1. When Nature's Bounty Runs Dry. Lessons from Easter Island's Downfall. Blanketing our planet, the ruins of once burgeoning societies like the Great Pyramids and Stone Temples 
are testimonials to human ingenuity and the pitfalls of success. Among these historical whispers, the enigmatic Moai of Easter Island stand as somber sentinels to a puzzling downfall. Towering high, these statues are silent witnesses to a collapse that echoes through time. When European mariners set foot on Easter Island in the 18th century, they were greeted not by the architects of grandeur, but by a scarce struggling populace which stood in stark contrast to the immense Moai statues. This disparity posed a vexing historic conundrum. If not these gaunt survivors who had the monumental strength to craft and erect such wonders? Centuries before, the island had thrived with a lush subtropical forest that cradled an explosion of life, a foundation for a vibrant community that soared to a peak of 30,000 individuals. They were the creators of the Moai, a society whose reverence for deities manifested in these colossal stone figures. But the islanders set forth on a disastrous course, indulging in what can only be called environmental suicide. Their relentless clearing of forests to facilitate Moai construction sealed their grim fate. Trees vanished, and with them, the island's biodiversity, from the birds of the air to the fishes in the depths, all succumbed to the relentless hunger of human ambition. Devoid of timber, fishing boats remained a dream, and the land, stripped of its arboreal guardians, grew barren. This bleak tableau serves as a stark lesson. As Easter Island society spiraled towards a desolate existence, they embodied the consequences of unchecked resource exploitation. The once thriving society dwindled to a vestige of its former glory, presenting a cautionary tale of excess and the fragile symbiosis between humans and the environment. Part 2. A Vanished Society. The Pitcairn Island's tale of lost trade links. Venture into the narrative of the revered maritime drama of the 18th-century British ship captured in Mutiny on the Bounty. A saga where seafarers rebelling against tyranny. Find refuge in the seemingly uninhabited Pitcairn archipelago. But upon their settlement, they uncover relics of an earlier civilization. Tools and bones silently recounting the presence of a society that had mysteriously disappeared. Rewind to centuries earlier, and these islands teemed with life, sustained by a vital lifeline, trade. The compact Pitcairn and Henderson Islands, with their limited resources, relied on the exchange of shellfish and volcanic stone for essential commodities like crops, livestock, and something far more priceless, genetically diverse mates, from their larger neighbour, Mangareva. This intricate tapestry of commerce not only sustained life, but also wove a dangerous dependency. The Pitcairn Islanders placed their survival in the hands of Mangareva, and when fortunes turned, the thread began to unravel. As Mangareva prospered, its growing demands led to widespread deforestation. With every tree felled, the islands crept one step closer to isolation until the inevitable stroke a vanishing forest so complete that no vessel could be hewn to bridge the waters between them. Cut off from the essentials that fueled their existence, the fate of the Pitcairn Islanders hung in the balance. Bereft of sustenance and fresh blood from afar, they were marooned in a sea of desolation. This silence greeted the bounty's mutineers, a sobering testimony to the vulnerability of societies that rest precipitously on trade relationships. 
their history stands as a haunting reminder how the cessation of trade with a principal ally can herald the extinction of a community, leaving nothing but ghostly echoes for future generations to ponder. Part 3. When Kings Falter, How Poor Leadership Can Doom a Civilization Embark on a journey back to the mighty Mayan city of Tikal, an ancient marvel of towering edifices that stretch skyward, testament to a society flush with power and resources. Yet, the crumbled remains speak of a darker tale, an empire not toppled by external forces, but undermined by its own hands through a series of catastrophic decisions, a clear sign that ownership of might does not guarantee eternal reign. The Mayans were architects of their own decline, beginning with a seemingly innocuous bid for prosperity. As Tikal's coffers swelled, its people multiplied, with a ravenous need for sustenance. Mayan rulers, keen to feed this burgeoning populace, opted to slash and burn vast stretches of forest for farmland. But this was a myopic solution that led to devastating environmental repercussions akin to those witnessed in the Pitcairns. Deforestation unleashed a pernicious cycle. The bare earth, robbed of its arboreal shield, bled its nutrients and topsoil, laying waste to fertility. Concurrently, rivers, the lifeblood of irrigation, succumbed to siltation. The ensuing drought was merciless, choking the lifeline of Mayan agriculture. Yet environmental turmoil alone wasn't the architect of Mayan demise. It was exacerbated by the ineptitude of its leaders. The Mayans stood at a precipice, needing a visionary response to overpopulation and dwindling harvests. Instead, their leaders turned a blind eye, focusing not on the well-being of their people, but on the aggrandizement of their own legacies and military conquests. Resources that could have been directed towards cultivating sustainability were squandered on self-glorifying monuments and fruitless conflicts. This potent combination of environmental degradation and leadership failure eroded the very foundations of Mayan society. As the Mayan civilization crumbled under the combined weight of these crises, it left a haunting reminder echoing through the centuries that nations may rise in grandeur, but without wise stewardship, they are poised for a precipitous fall. Part 4. Adapt or Perish The Stark Reality of the Vikings in Greenland When one envisions the Vikings, Images of rugged warriors mastering the unforgiving Nordic climates come to mind. Yet, there is a stark contrast in their legacy. In the harsh environment of Greenland, the Viking settlers met an inconceivable fate. They could not survive. Why did these formidable northerners, successful in so many lands, falter on the icy shores of Greenland? The key to understanding their downfall lies in the lifestyle choices they transferred from their Scandinavian homes. Arriving in 1000 AD, the Vikings sought to impose their cattle-centric ways onto Greenland's unforgiving terrain, an environment scarcely fit for grazing and devoid of indigenous cattle, presented a Herculean challenge that demanded far more effort than the familiar pastures of the north. Another Scandinavian import that floundered in this new world was the rigid social hierarchy obsessed with status symbols such as walrus tusks. This relentless pursuit of prestige 
diverted vital energy away from essential survival activities like harvesting, a dangerous game of misplaced priorities. The precarious position of the Viking settlers was clear, yet it was their staunch aversion to change that sealed their fate. The Inuit, indigenous inhabitants of Greenland, had honed their survival skills, thriving where the Vikings struggled. They knew the waters teemed with more sustainable nourishment than the land could offer. But the Vikings, blinded by hubris, regarded the Inuit ways as beneath them, persisting stubbornly in their own traditions. As the climate turned frigid around 1300 AD, it dealt the final blow to a colony already skating on thin ice. Their inability to shift gears, to adapt to the nuances of their adopted home, hastened their demise. In the chilling breeze that whispers across the Greenland of today, lingers a truth as enduring as the ice. Societies that rigidly resist evolving with their environment court extinction. The Viking chapter in Greenland stands as a stark testament to this immutable law of nature and humanity. Part 5. Sustaining Civilization. The Art of Balancing Environment and Population. Our exploration has revealed how civilizations can crumble under the weight of environmental recklessness, societal inflexibility, and the pitfalls of unchecked growth. Yet amidst the annals of history lie tales of success, of societies that seemingly defied the odds to carve out sustainable existences against the backdrop of potential collapse. Take, for instance, the Pacific paradise of Tikopia. This diminutive, secluded isle has been a cradle of prosperity for millennia, not by chance, but through the diligent guardianship of its people over their precious resources. In Tikopia, stewardship is not a mantle worn solely by the leaders, but is embedded in the fabric of society. Here, the resolve to secure a stable food supply manifests in prudent agricultural practices. The Tikopians, in an extraordinary move in 1600 AD, deduced the resource-intensive nature of pig-rearing compared to the bounty the sea and land could provide through simpler means. This sparked a mass extinction of porcine lineage on the island, shifting focus to a more sustainable harvest from the ocean and verdant earth. Furthermore, Tikopians couple their efficient consumption habits with a keen eye on population control maintaining a delicate balance between their numbers and the island's capacity to provide. Techniques varied, from withdrawal during intercourse to more drastic measures when necessary, ensuring growth stayed in symbiosis with resource availability. While Tikopia illustrates the power of collective action, we see the influence of deliberate top-down policy sculpting the fate of another society, Japan. In the 17th century, Japanese leaders observed the rapid deforestation spanning their territories with growing concern. Embracing foresight over folly, they embarked upon an extensive reforestation initiative, a legacy that manifests today as verdant expanses covering the island nation. The wisdom of these cultures provides poignant lessons in sustainability and societal endurance. As we pivot towards the challenges dogging our modern civilization, we carry with us the whispering hope that like the Tikopians and the Japanese before us, we too can navigate the turbulent currents threatening our continued existence. Part 6. Environmental Strain. A hidden catalyst in Rwanda's tragic history. The mere mention of Rwanda often conjures the shadow of the 1994 genocide, 
an atrocity etched in the world's memory where the majority Hutus turned violently against the minority, Tutsis, leading to the loss of approximately 800,000 lives. While the roots of this tragedy are undeniably entrenched in ethnic strife and political turmoil, there lurks beneath the surface an often overlooked factor contributing to the tinderbox that Rwanda became, the environmental and population pressures. As with the societies of old we have previously delved into, Rwanda, too, faced the challenge of an overwhelming population density. In 1990, the small, landlocked nation teemed with 760 people per square mile, even exceeding that of the industrially robust United Kingdom. Unlike the UK, however, Rwanda's agricultural system was far from capable of supporting its bursting populace, leading to recurrent bouts of famine. The land, once a source of sustenance, emerged as a battleground. Fragments of arable soil were furiously overcultivated, yet the yield remained insufficient to feed all. This scarcity shackled the younger generation to their familial homes, lacking the means to forge their own paths, with no land to call their own. In the maelstrom of rising hunger for resources, malevolent forces found fertile ground to sow seeds of division. The struggle over land, already fierce, became enmeshed with the socio-political fabric of perceived ethnic disparities. It became a weapon, a means for some to justify targeting those perceived as more fortunate. With these tensions at a boiling point, violence erupted with a fervor that would stain Rwanda's history in blood. While it would be reductive to attribute the genocide solely to environmental and demographic factors, they were undoubtedly significant, amplifying pre-existing tensions and providing a catalyst for the horrific events that unfolded. The Rwandan tragedy teaches that environmental mismanagement, coupled with unchecked population growth, can contribute to a society's unraveling in the most devastating of ways. Part 7. China's Rise and the Global Environmental Dilemma The ascent of China stands as one of the defining narratives of our era, an economic juggernaut destined to rival and perhaps eclipse the commercial might of the United States. Yet while China's sprint to prosperity captivates and enthralls, it heralds a storm brewing on the horizon with implications that far transcend national boundaries. This monumental growth, fueled by an expansive population of 1.3 billion, does not come without consequence. As China forges ahead, environmental concerns often fall by the wayside, sacrificed for the allure of unbridled industrialization. The results of this rapid advancement are regulations trampled underfoot and natural resources harvested with little foresight. The toll is dire. Smog-choked skies, contaminated waters, and a populace grappling with the fallout. Consider this. By 2005, air pollution in China was linked to 300,000 deaths annually, a staggering loss of life compounded by an economic burden of $54 billion each year to address health impacts. That figure alone carved out 8% of China's GDP. Yet, this is not a crisis that respects borders. The implications of China's unbracketed growth have the potential to ripple across the globe. As the Chinese populace inches closer to achieving Western living standards, the resulting surge in greenhouse gas emissions poses an existential threat to our shared climate. 
before we cast a judgmental eye toward China, let's reflect on the complicity of the West. Western corporations outsource pollution-heavy manufacturing to China's eager industrial complex, while consumers worldwide indulge in the spoils of affordable products stamped Made in China. In this globalized age, responsibility is shared, as are the consequences. The environmental legacy of China's rise is a puzzle that humanity must solve in concert. How we respond to these escalating challenges will shape the contours of civilization's journey through the 21st century and beyond. Part 8. Underneath the Veneer. The Hidden Environmental Decay of Western Societies. The Western world, often perceived as a bastion of progress and stability, is not impervious to the silent rot spreading within. Even picturesque Montana, a jewel in the crown of America's natural grandeur, is not immune. Tourists may gaze in awe at its pristine waters and boundless forests, but lingering just out of sight is an insidious erosion of the environment that sustains this majestic landscape. The culprits are manifold. Tucked away from the admiring eyes, mining operations gouge the earth for riches like copper, heedless of the chemical scars they leave behind. The call of timber harvests has rendered vast tracts of forest into stumps. And looming over all is the spectre of climate change. Glaciers that have stood centuries since time immemorial now bleed into oblivion. The question arises, why does no one staunch the wound? Certainly, Montanan authorities could stem the tide of degradation, choose conservation over commodification. Yet, a complex calculus often comes into play one that weighs the immediate economic boon of mining and logging jobs against the creeping degradation of the environment. As long as the welcome mat of nature's splendor still draws tourists, the destruction in the shadows is tolerated, if not outright ignored. This treacherous tightrope walk between exploitation and preservation is fraught with peril. Without a shift in perspective, the damage being inflicted upon Montana's environment may pass a threshold from which there is no return leaving us with a legacy not of natural wonder but of irrevocable loss. As we confront the looming specters that risk leading us further toward an ecological point of no return, it becomes imperative that we reckon with the critical choices ahead. Our next steps, our willingness to envision and enact a sustainable future, will be the definitive factor in averting the decline that whispers through the scars of our landscapes. Part 9 Reflections of the Past in Today's World, a Prelude to Potential Peril. In the comfort of our modern existence, possessed with the luxuries of health, longevity, and a trove of knowledge, we risk overlooking the faint echoes of history's fallen empires in the rhythm of our daily lives. Yet, as we revel in the advancements of our age, the silent threats that undid ancient civilizations are resurfacing with a familiar intensity. The spectre of overpopulation is one such shadow that looms large over our future. Much like the Mayans, who once witnessed their thriving civilization buckle under the demand for sustenance, today's global population explosion similarly strains our planetary pantry. Forests bow to the blade to make way for agriculture, but this is a precarious pact with progress. Soil erosion now outpaces soil formation by an alarming margin. 
hinting at a future where our capacity to feed a burgeoning humanity falters. In the modern tableau, however, there are gleams of hope that our forebears lacked. Globalization has bound the world in a tapestry of trade and mutual reliance that could shield societies from the isolation that spelled doom for the likes of the Pitcairn and Easter Island civilizations. When crises arise, the global community holds the capacity to marshal resources and aid to those in dire straits. Yet, this interconnectivity is a double-edged sword. While it distributes the burden of individual societal collapse, it also entangles us all in a shared destiny. The environmental devastation wrought by a community of 30,000 can be multiplied manifold in a world inhabited by billions. The cumulative impact of our species on Earth's finite reserves could surpass anything the annals of history have recorded. As we tread forward, the balance between benefit and peril that globalization presents will be pivotal. For in our hands lies the power to either amplify the transgressions of the past or to forge a different path, one where we harmonize with the rhythms of the earth for sustainable longevity. Part 10, The Power of Accountability, Steering Corporations Toward Environmental Stewardship. As we navigate the complexities of society's impact on the environment, we encounter a pervasive question. In the event of societal decline, where does the culpability lie? Instinctively, fingers often point towards the corporate juggernauts, the ones whose operations mar skies and taint waters. Conventional wisdom suggests that if only these corporate entities could practice ethics with the same fervor as they chase profits, the path to rectification would be clear. However, redirecting the gaze inward, it becomes apparent that true accountability rests with the public. Corporations operate with a singular directive, to maximize shareholder returns, often at any available opportunity. When they act with disregard for the environment, the oversight lies not in their intent, but in our collective failure to rein in their excesses. The onus is on society to delineate the boundaries within which businesses must maneuver. Constructing a robust legal framework that penalizes environmental negligence is essential. Voluntary corporate responsibility may yield some progress, but tangible change is most efficiently driven by imposing financial disincentives for ecological transgressions. Consider the petroleum industry's historical arc. Notorious for environmental catastrophes, epitomized by the Exxon Valdez oil spill in 1989 that wreaked havoc upon Alaskan waters and wildlife, it was a financial blow, a $3.8 billion penalty that sparked a shift within the sector, illuminating a stark economic truth. The costs of preventing environmental degradation paled in comparison to those of remedying it, a lesson learned under the weight of litigation and fines. It is through such measures that industry behemoths have gradually moved toward more environmentally conscious operations. As society, we wield the levers of change through legislation and regulation. Directing corporations away from short-term gain toward long-term ecological viability is an exercise in collective willpower, asserting that the guardianship of the earth is a mandate no bottom line can overrule. Part 11. Unity in Action. Collective Effort as the Key to Global Challenges. 
the perilous trajectory of our environmental crisis is no longer debated by the informed. Scientists and global institutions are in accord regarding the severity of climate change wrought by human hands. Despite this shared understanding, carbon emissions climb ever upward, a silent testament to a world paralyzed by indecision and misplaced responsibility. At the crux of our inertia lies a pervasive diffusion of accountability, a phenomenon where the ubiquity of blame leads each individual to absolve themselves of action. The rationale is deceptively comforting. My contribution to the pollution is negligible. Certainly others are worse offenders. This logic embodies the tragedy of the commons, a societal deadlock hamstringing our capacity to confront collective existential threats head-on. But this mindset is not our destiny. We possess the power to challenge and change our perspective. By embracing a communal viewpoint over an insular one, we recognize the interconnectedness of our actions and the shared peril that follows inaction. The spirit of collective custodianship is encapsulated by the Dutch and their polders. Here, entire communities live with the constant knowledge that the failure of a single dike would spell disaster for all, regardless of individual wealth or status. This unequivocal shared risk binds them in mutual endeavor a society-wide vigilance that maintains and fortifies the dikes, safeguarding their communal home against the encroaching tides. To navigate the global challenges that confront us, we must emulate the collaborative essence of the Dutch polders. The stewardship of our planet demands not a scattering of individual efforts, but a unified communal drive. We must commingle our energies, our innovations, and our resolve to forge a future that is viable for all. It is through this togetherness, this all-encompassing united front, that we can transform the perilous path we tread into a journey towards sustainable prosperity. Final summary. The ghosts of civilization's past whisper a cautionary tale, painting a narrative of demise rooted in mismanaged resources and the follies of governance. The erosion of environments, the myopia of leadership, and the hazards of overpopulation are but a few threads in the tapestry of ancient collapses, and as we stand amidst the echoes of these ancient lessons, we must confront the unsettling parallels in our own world. As we stride through the 21st century, we grapple with the vestiges of these age-old dilemmas, from the relentless quest for growth that scars our planet, to the leaders who cling to short-term gains over enduring health, the warning signs are illuminated in stark relief. Yet, the course to avoiding the pitfalls our ancestors stumbled into is charted in the unity of our efforts. No lone individual, society or nation can shoulder the burden of global challenges without the strength of collective resolve. By pulling together, pooling our intellect and our commitment, we can steer the course of our shared destiny away from the brink of collapse and towards a horizon of resilience and sustainability. This final summary distills the essence of our journey, from understanding the complexities of past failures to harnessing the power of collaborative action in facing contemporary threats. The key to a thriving future does not lie exclusively in the hands of policymakers or corporate giants. It rests in the hands of each one of us, 
united in purpose and action, for the well-being of our singular, shared home. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.